I'm gonna start from the top. Cool. <clears throat> I need some real water. This color green away hit me. <laughs> See, my heart is Christ's home, so I refuse to be heartsick. That's why I put walls around my heart to guard it. And I was told home is where the heart is. Well, if that's true, my old home was a room full of darkness. My heart was racing evil thoughts to my brain to release frustration by inflicting pain. Instead of praying, my replacement was Mary Jane. And I worked for fornication by spitting game. And yeah, the Bible said abstain, but I thought it was lame. Waiting for marriage was way too far from my aim. I lived for money. I thought that it was all I could gain. The world thought the same, but the Lord was calling my name. And he was all that I can hear, but I gave him a deaf ear. He was giving me signs, but I was spiritually blind, thinking life's defined by having a good career, me and the millionaire, sleeping with many dimes. But that's why mankind is slowly down. We only trying to get on the ground for our life to shine, but this Holy Spirit reminds us that Christ divine. Our light shine for God's glory, that's for life's time. So I had to find my purpose in time, because if you promise me tomorrow, you'll be perfectly lying. Christ's love is perfectly fine. Our love had to combine. If he loved me so much, he put his life on his line. But I was on a treadmill and life I ran still And every time my legs failed it took me farther behind But with Christ was my goal He brought life to my soul Transformed my whole spirit, heart and my mind I was no longer blind He showed me the right path Cause breaking this law left me broken like glass But he lifted me up and healed me Every time I fell I was ahead And no longer behind The tale is holy Light revealed the darkness and worldly pleasures The righteous get treasure And God's joy lasts forever And that's what transform me from a sinner to a saint sometimes i want to go back and now i know why i can't i don't know what kind of struggle you're going through i don't know what the situation may be but you serve a mighty god uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's dope i like that <laughs> you hit it boy you hit it <laughs> you all bring it out me man <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was good, bro, and I appreciate you, and we, we, you know, I believe in you, and that's why I wanted you to do that, because that is something that people got to hear, and you got to do it, because you're called to do it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're called to write, so it don't matter where you are, traveling from Kansas, D.C., Maryland, Boston, <laughs> Chicago, wherever, you got to keep writing and speaking the word, because that's the gift that he gave you, mm. Okay. Nah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You, um, I was you, I didn't know how much I needed till till now. This mm. was because I was rusty, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's been so long since I actually did something like that, you know what I mean? So, you're right, man. You actually kind of stirred me up a little bit. You feel good? I feel good, <laughs> especially after that. I think that was the, the right type of warm up. Yeah, that's what I want to get a little acapella, little, little get the nerves out, all that stuff. <laughs> but um, really, what we want to know, Arnold, how are you doing during this time, man? Tell uh, like the, our listeners, we they they'd like to hear how everybody's doing during this time. So, how are you, and how has this all affected you, the shelter in place yeah. and the and the uh, coronavirus? Well, it, it, this coronavirus literally uh, it changed the the trajectory of you know my pace it gave it gave me a different baseline of productivity and it also um, allowed me to just like slow down and actually think about 
things that really matters with my soul. Like it, mm-hmm. it provoked a lot of soul searching um, in my life. Um, and initially, I didn't. I, I didn't want it. I was very resistant to it because you know, like <clears throat> you know, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I've been traveling to a, just multiple states at a fast pace. Like I would, you know, just travel throughout the year. Uh, you know, uh, pretty much as like to this day, I, you know, within the range of four years, mm-hmm. I've lived in four different states, wow. mm-hmm. you know, and throughout those years, I've been traveling um, and for, for business. So I, it's been a lot of fast pace yeah, um, and high demands and everything. So with this day, it just it stopped me. Mm-hmm. And then it pretty much made me really think, wow, along this journey, I've been afflicted like by so many different wounds. And I've been, and now I gotta like sit here and look at these wounds that yeah. you know, <laughs> the the um, and, and just and face it and wow. and deal with it and soul search. Mm. So that's what it's done. Also, what it's done is it it realized I like it gets lonely sometimes because you know I'm away from family. I'm away from my hometown, Chicago. I'm yeah. away from you know um, everything that pretty much socialized me. And, um, and now, you know, what I have to deal with just being by myself alone and, um, and initially it wasn't easy, but now I'm kind of getting the hang of it. Wow. What was the hardest part about it for you? That's a good question. So the hardest part for that was honestly, I just, I felt invisible, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt like, um, cause I, I could no longer work. You know, um, I had, you know, no one um, to really contact pretty much where I was at. Most of my social life was wrapped around business. And then the church that I went to was like the core of just my sense of home. Wow. Uh, So when the church doors closed, I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) like I I can't go to that that place, that sanctuary of just peace and and worship and and just socializing with everybody that you know, loves God. And then <laughs> with business, it was just like, I don't feel like I have a purpose in my career now. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was so hard. And then, you know, just being a single man, you really didn't have, don't have that much to really lean on emotionally, you know, yeah. so you have to really just deal with that. And then, um, so, you know, just throughout that, I've, you know, just reached out, developed fr- uh, friendships, in the midst of that to kind of help mm. build upon that friendships to help that. And, um, but I wanted to be intentional about mm-hmm. myself having the heart posture to be ready for people. After what I realized I was, I was wounded so much at, by the time I was alone. Wow. <laughs> man, that's good, man. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, I feel like that's, that's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and it's a, it's a struggle for, I feel like a lot of people right now where it's like from all sides, they get hit and you just got nowhere to go. You got like, who do you, who do you call? Uh, one question I want to ask you is like, why don't you come back to home to Chicago? Are you, that's a, do you yeah. feel like you're kind of like avoiding something? That's a good question. Um, that's another good question. So <clears throat> why, why, um, it's like, so how I left Chicago really um, set the tone for some of the reasons why um, I didn't want to go back. How I left, I was living on um, the southeast side of Chicago, um, very rough neighborhood. I had an apartment on Bond Avenue mm-hmm. on uh, 83rd yeah. <laughs> Street. And uh, yeah. so, so 
um, doing that. Um, but it was just symbolic of where I was at mm. and mentally, emotionally. Um, I was in a toxic, very toxic relationship. Mm. And um, at that time, I was just, my soul was in bondage. I was in a dark space. Mm. And when I moved from Chicago, it was literally like a transition in my life. It, you know, it's, I was like the Israelites out of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when I find it, it was liberating. So you, know, you, you ain't trying to come back to Egypt then. I'm not trying to come back to <laughs> Egypt, but I don't. <laughs> I love Chicago, so yeah. it's like every time I come back to visit, I'm like, man, I love Chicago. This is my city. Mm-hmm. You know, Harold's Chicken, Portillo's. <laughs> I miss all of that. <laughs> but when I um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just it's hard for me to imagine myself living here there again. Yeah, no, I hear you, man, and, and that's I I I appreciate that because that's a real answer. That's a real answer. Um, so tell us a little bit more, Arnold. Where do you feel? You 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 said you were in a relationship, a toxic environment, all that stuff, man. And, and we know each other's stories going back a long time now. You know, we've known each other, man. I don't know since we were teen- yeah. teenagers, growing up in the same church, yeah. and um, you know. So I I've always been somebody who just appreciates your friendship and the realness that you bring. So. If you don't mind sharing a little bit, where do you feel like you've fallen? Where do you feel? Where do you feel like you've fallen in life, man? Yeah. Um, where do I feel like I've fallen in life? Um, I feel like I've fallen. It was a point in time where I, you know, it's just recently actually. I feel like I've, I realized that a lot of my falling had to do with perfectionism. <clears throat> um, I was just always trying to prove to others and prove to myself that I'm great. Mm. Um, and that came from just a, 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 a hole in myself, a void of just, you know, feeling like that I, I, I wasn't, that I, I didn't want mm. to, I wanted to evolve from where I came from. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, I believe that um, I always, you know, had to walk with God you know, so as far as I can remember, grew up, yeah. you know, in a, in a, an environment of faith, but also grew up in an environment of ad, strong adversity against my family, strong adversity in my life. So with that, I was just was like, I got what I'm going to set my mind towards, whether it be my career, whether it be mm. my relationship, I got to get it right. Yeah. And I always just put all in. And I remember, <laughs> I, I realized that putting all in sometimes... <laughs> And, and, you know, caused me to fall because mm-hmm. I was pushing God out. Mm. I'm like, I got this. I'm going to make sure that this is right. This is right. You know, I got the perfect plan. I'm going to put all in. And I realized that I've, I've fallen in a lot of areas. I've fallen in, you know, my pursuit for love and relationships. I've even had business failures and, and, and I've, I've had, you know, I, you know, times where I went all in on things and literally the very thing, the worst things that I imagined to happen happen. Mm. But I think the very things that I wanted to happen, God let it happen. Yeah. You know, the girl that I wanted to marry, he allowed her to be in my life. And, um, Mm. he allowed me to be even in a scenario where her and I were, were, uh, cohabitating. Mm. Um, and, and, um, it wasn't in his will, (laughs) but he allowed it because he gave me what I want. I was so persistent for it out of that perfectionism. He gave me the, the contract and business that I was working so hard for, but I had these ideals of what it was. And I, you know, 
tried to do it in my own strength and tried to do it in my own planning. And I ended up falling with that, <laughs> ended up getting yeah. cheated out of money. Wow. There's just so many times I've, I've fallen and hit my face and I've hit my face. And, um, it, but it's been just a, a wrestle. Mm. It's been a wrestle with God and, I want this my way. Well, I have an idea of what you want from me, so I'm trying to force this to happen my way, and it has to be perfectly this way, and God's plans sometimes are beyond what I what I plan. Mm-hmm. And in seeking that perfection that you talked about, what is it that you were that you were seeking from that? You know, we I think a lot of the times the things that we're seeking, it's like because we there's something in us that we feel like is broken or imperfect and so whatever we're looking to achieve we're we're kind of using that to almost like to fix what we think is wrong with us so what was it that you were looking to I guess I don't want to say fix about yourself but sometimes that's how we think about it you know yeah yeah and I think it was I was trying to fix I was broken and I was pursuing perfectionism to fix the broken. I've came out of broken environments. Mm. Um, you know, I was broken in my education path, you know, just, um, it was just a brokenness. Um, and, and the, the the functionality of my family, we went through so many adversities, Mm. you know, at home. And I was just trying to fix that, you know, um, and I ended up breaking myself in my pursuit of fixing it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the things to kind of be more specific is <clears throat> going into uh, to school. Um, it broke me at an uh, early age on my self self efficacy, mm-hmm. my just my belief in my ability to complete, my ability to be smart, my ability to just be just intelligent. Um, I was socialized w- with same socialized with failure um in the fourth grade my family we moved to out of the city we finally graduated from the hood (laughs) and we moved into the suburbs and um it was a nice neighborhood um but it was the uh, first time i um in school i felt ostracized i was the um i experienced racism at a young age i was um it was a fourth grade and um you know i was the, the only colored kid in the, in the class mm-hmm. and I mean and, and I don't know I just <clears throat> I don't know it, it was it was tough for me and um in that experience um for in that fourth in the fourth grade um long story short I ended up uh having a I flunked that class mm-hmm. um it was and then um and then the teacher even recommended for me to be in a um special education class wow. <clears throat> so when we moved from uh, the suburbs, we went on a decline and just family issues or just conflicts at home. It was a point where my the marriage of my parents were um, at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, they were separating and it caused us to even to move out of that neighborhood and go back to the hood. Wow. And, um, and we literally had to move with um, my auntie. So I'm living with my cousins. Right. And I'm just like, as a kid, you like, okay, I I get to live with my cousins, this and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I realized I had to go to school with them. And when I went to school, I didn't find out that they assigned me to be in the special ed class until I went to school. And um, (laughs) 
I'm waiting in line, school just starting. Everybody is assigned to lines with their teachers, and they're like, no, you're in the wrong line. I'm in a line with my cousins. they like, no, you go to this line. Oh, where, wow. you know, <laughs> and I go to that line, and all of my friends that I knew when I used to hang out with my cousins, including my family, just kind of looked at me like, oh, he's in that class. And I was mm-hmm. just socialized with such shame and such wow. failure, and just that I felt like I had the ability to be so... The long story short, that I didn't realize how much that followed me in life would always having to prove that I am smart. I don't mm-hmm. belong, you know, in this way. And um, and um, it, and just the mental battle of that. Thankfully, um, I end up my teachers end up noticing I didn't belong in there, and I mm-hmm. end up getting out of that class. Man. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. That's that's a lot to deal with, especially at a young age when you don't even know the scope of what's going on. Exactly. Wow. And and where do you feel like you have, when you finally, like, look back on all of that, what do you feel like are the damaging thoughts that followed you? I know yeah. you mentioned a little bit of shame and all that, but can you share a little bit more about just the things you continue to maybe tell yourself to this day? Well, what happened is, um, <clears throat> you know, I it brought that fear, but it was, like, more so a self-fear, like, can I really do this? You know, am I really normal? Am I weird? Mm. You know, am I different? Is something wrong with me mentally? Because I also was, you know, they said that I needed uh, medication um, oh, wow. or ADD. Mm. So I'm just like, is there something wrong with me mentally? You know, why, why, why can't I be in the classes like everyone else? Am mm. I slow? You know, and um, what ended up happening was those thoughts was like subconsciously I had to wrestle, and when they when I would have create friendships. When I finally moved out of that area, my family actually graduated from the hood again, you know, and, and we ended part up getting two. back in, right, part two. So we ended up getting in better uh, neighborhoods, and I had to go back into school. With that in the back of my head, I had to kind of engage friendships, and but always I felt like I wasn't good enough. I didn't belong mm. in the cool table, or I mm. didn't because I was you know, different. I was weird. So it was was an internal wrestle Mm. um, with just my, you know, me believing in my intelligence. Mm. Yeah. And what'd you do with, what'd you do with that, man? What outlet did you take? You know, some people choose, you know, uh, different routes, man, as far as some people go hang out with the wrong crowd. Some people choose to get mixed up with, you know, substances all that kind of stuff like what what route did you choose that's literally what what happened that route that i um i end up um um uh, when i we finally got into a better neighborhood i ended up hanging around a bad crowd and i mean uh even though we, it, it was like one of those neighborhoods where it was a better neighborhood but eventually the neighborhood started going on a decline mm. uh so you know eventually i just started connecting myself to just bad association you know, um, the people that I hung out with formed the clique and we was into it with the other side of the neighborhood. So mm-hmm. now we finding ourselves in group fights and we, you know, smoking weed and, you know, and yeah. obviously, you know, it's just kid, you know, teenage rebellion at yeah. that time yeah. in my life. And, um, I was just lost, but it was just little moments in my life where I knew that I still had a calling on my life. Mm-hmm. So God would allow people to just, it's like, it was a moment where we were, it was about to be a group fight, a bunch of people following me. Um, a bunch, well, I was pretty much 
following a bunch of people <laughs> and we was was being followed by another group of people that wanted to fight us oh, wow. so <laughs> and it was at least about like it was large crowd behind us and we was it was probably only about like eight of us <laughs> yeah. and um and, and then one person who was just a bystander she was a young lady and she looked at me and she said why are you here you mm. don't belong mm. here why are you with them? And I didn't know her. She didn't, yeah. I didn't feel like she knew me enough about me to make that judgment call, but I believe God used her to remind me, wow. like, I'm not in position. Wow. wow. And it's, you know, when you kind of reflect back on these kind of stories, it's like you do realize those little tiny things were, were God protecting you all along the way. And even though, you know, you go down these paths, it's like, you you only went so far and those those little things like that girl it's like he sends those to be like to be like well are you sure you want to keep going mm-hmm. yeah that's precisely what happened and my young naive mind kept going and i ended up getting jumped on <laughs> yeah. uh, you know so you're right you definitely that's accurate mm. wow. and when that happened to you like can you can you tell a little bit about that yeah, so <laughs> this is actually a funny story looking back. So um, so the, the young lady, she was like, yeah, why are you following this crowd? And I ended up going with the crowd, and um, as I you know, was going along, uh, immediately the police came. Mm. So the police was like, you know, they see two groups of crowd. They know what's about to happen. So they come, they start separating people. A guy, uh, one of the officers, hey, you you go this way. You, uh, you come this way. I need to see some ID. I pull out my ID. Oh, you stay in the other direction. Go this way. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, that is the direction where the people was following us. I got to go through the people yeah. <laughs> to go that direction. Yeah. Wow. Um, but <laughs> he was so he was very enforcing, and I, you know, young, I didn't know about my rights or anything like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, officer told me to go this way. I got to go this way, and then I end up going that way. And then the guys, it was four of them. They said, oh, you know, such and such, and I was like, yeah. And then the other guy swung on me. And then, so I'm fighting this guy. The other three jumps on me. I'm tussling with four different people. Mm. We on the ground. They kicking me. And then the police come. They run and grab me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm just like, I'm happy the police come. And then they grab me. And then they, uh, you know, arrest me, put me on a car, pat me down, give me a ticket. I'm in court. Mm. And I'm having to defend myself. And I'm like, I was the one getting jumped on. Yeah. But wow. bag association, man. And Arnold, you know, I want to ask a little here too. And, and I know this gets deep because of the world we live in, but you know, as a black male in that situation, when you look at all the things that, that have gone wrong in recent years in situations like that, like what goes through your mind, man? Cause it could have ended up a whole nother way. It could have, it could have ended up an entire another way. And that's what I'm thankful for. Um, yeah, um, God's protection has been, uh, very consistent and faithful in my life. And I, I don't take it for granted, um, because there's so many ways that could have went south, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, um, it, even the time in which that happened, it was, yeah, still, you know, it, it was, uh, preceding the, mm-hmm. uh, no, it was prior to all of the epidemics of how, like, Police brutality mm-hmm. has yeah. been happening in, a, in such a consecutive way. Had that happened going into that that phase, mm-hmm. things probably would have been different. So I think that 
the guy was even intentional, even on when he allowed me to wow. evolve from that phase in my life of wow. rebuilding. Man, yeah, that's good, man. He's got his hand on you for sure. And you, you know, you, could, you probably wouldn't be here today speaking this truth right now. Well, I wouldn't because actually one of my friends, even at that time, one of my friends, um, well, I'll put it this way. It was a guy named, so he went to this high school that um, I went to and rest in pieces. So he got shot at a party. Um, and it was, you know, the people that were after the people that I hung out with as wow. friends, or, you know, um, hit him. He was a part of none of that. He was just an innocent kid at, at, wow. at high school there. And he just so happened to get hit. And um, I didn't go to that party, mm. thankfully. And um, but it was a wake up call for me because mm -hmm. after just dealing with seeing the remorse of the entire high school, yeah. I realized I need to be very more intentional. And then at that time, I don't know if you remember this. Um, at church, share my testimony. Uh, -huh. uh <laughs> the youth pastors, and then I was just I have to share that um testimony um on on how you know the how God um pretty much allowed me to wake up wow, yeah. <laughs> and 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 focus on him wow and all of these things that happened you know this your whole your whole backstory like how how did you keep a firm foundation in the Lord it's a great question um you are full of great questions today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so um we really kept my foundation uh, one, I'm so thankful to have parents that have been uh, just violent mm -hmm. on maintaining, even in um, the midst of marriage conflictions, they maintained that they wanted to make sure that none of their children was exposed mm -hmm. to their conflicts. And then mm -hmm. they were also persistent at reconciling their conflicts, mm -hmm. with, which to, to this day, they're at a very great place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me stay there at a very great place and um and even um you know so that played a role on it and also in my own personal path um god uh, in that same season actually it was a turning point in my life um all within the same time period um um when my mother uh well i end up um, the high school experience was so toxic about me being in around bad influence and everything mm -hmm. that even after, by the time I woke up and realized I needed to change who I hung out with, it was too late. The influence already was my mm -hmm. education and I had to pursue getting a high school equivalency, um, at, uh, other than being in that high school. Mm -hmm. Um, it was people that was after me because of who I hung out with wow. and it wasn't safe. Um, and then also, um, so I ended up pretty much dropping out of high school. Mm. And then, um, in that same time, um, is when, um, my mother, she, um, she had, um, one day I'm at home, she had, um, she started wheezing. Well, she always would take her bronchitis medicine. Mm -hmm. So um, she was just all, I'm like, okay, here's the bronchitis medicine. And this time it was different. Like she was having so much trouble on breathing mm. that she said, son, pray for me. 
So I ended up praying for her. And when I prayed for her, I just opened up the Bible and I said, here, this is what say, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. Yeah. And I just started praying off of that verse. And then I said, okay. And after I prayed, I'm like, mom, we got to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going to the hospital. And when she went to the hospital, the doctor said it is impossible that she's even not only breathing, but talking right now. Wow. Like her breath, um, she has a, a mask in her, uh, uh, squeezing her esophagus, oh closing up her airways. And um, she had to get it removed and they had to put her on helium because the air was too thick for her wow. to um, breathe. And they said it's a miracle that she's even breathing. Wow. So they remo- So at that time, like in them removing it, I was like, I cannot lose my mother, no. you know, and that right now, I, you know, when I need her the most, she ended up going through surgery. Um, I had to seek God aggressively on uh, for hope. Mm. And um, and in that time, she ended up um, coming out of surgery successfully. And then um, the next following few weeks, my dad uh, passes out in the living room on the floor. Um, he had cardiac arrest mm. and he had to have open heart surgery wow. on his chest um, um, to get a mechanical veil and a, um, and, um, and a pacemaker. Wow. So, so, and, and so he had to have open heart surgery right after that. And it challenged my faith, um, having to go to the hospital after that. And, um, and, and while he was in the hospital and I remember, um, going to my graduation for my high school equivalency and my dad was in the hospital and while all my family was there, I'm doing the graduation and I'm just trusting God that, um, my dad will be okay. And yeah. I seen the sorrow in my grandmother's eyes. And then after the, him, like I have to pretty much take in the position that he was working at his job, wow. which by God's grace, just to make sure the family um, was keeping the lights on in the house. Yeah. So, so just a, a short way to answer the question. And though I was, God has brought me through seasons where I needed to put my hope in him, mm-hmm. or I, I wouldn't even know how I could maintain um, my own just confidence to live. And it would have took everything from me having losing my parents. Yeah. And, um, and through that, um, he allowed them to be healed. And for that reason, it, it sealed my foundation in him um, to mm. believe in. Wow. Mm, absolutely. And those kind of situations, I feel like they're either make or break with your faith. And, um, you know, you talked about during this time in quarantine, you really have, you've had to do some like soul diving. And so is a lot of this stuff kind of like coming back up for you? Because it sounds like you've just had, you know, all of these things kind of happen, you know, back to back to back. And you haven't, it sounds like you haven't really had time to like sit and like process it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, um, I've in my quarantine, I've had to revisit things that happened in my childhood and particularly, um, the area of um, just the education mm-hmm. uh, part, I had to revisit that um, and try to find um, wholeness in that area mm-hmm. and believing that, okay, while in the meantime that my business has to be on hold, I need to find another alternative source of income. And now I'm like, well, do you know, I have to deal with bowing shit. Am, am I worthy to be accepted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I have experience of running an entire company. I have experience of doing all of this, but I'm still wrestling with the idea of <laughs> can I be accepted because mm-hmm. I felt like um, my mental competence 
was challenged at an early age. So I have to really re-motivate myself that I was that I was smart enough that I can do, mm-hmm. you know, what what a, a basic job. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Arnold, just to be, and you can give me the honest answer, and you might know what you want to say. You might know what you feel the right answer is, but whose acceptance do you feel like is the most important to you right now? Wow. That is a very thought-provoking question. Mm. Um, and if you don't have an answer, that's okay. But I, I just want to challenge you in that. At the end of the yeah. day, even though you might want to say, God, maybe right now you haven't really thought about that in that way. But um, Actually, now that you mention that, um, I... Um, <laughs> I want. You need to sip some Pellegrino real quick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking some of this Pellegrino. Um, wow, you asked a very, very um, revolutionary question into my life. Um, I really, whose acceptance that really matters right now? Honestly, a lot of time about. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of the time in my life, just recently, um, I remember even last Christmas, um, I went to visit Chicago. This was before the shutdown. So I'm like, everything's fine. I, you know, mm-hmm. met my sister's house and, um, you know, my sister, she, um, you know, got our first, you know, house. It was a big win and mm-hmm. it was a beautiful Christmas. Everybody, you know, my, my sister came from out of town with her children. My mm-hmm. nieces and nephews out there were eating breakfast. And through that time, I, that, that was around the time where I first, you know, launched my business. And then that time, um, it was in the beginning phase. It was in the establishment phase um, before it picked off um, any type of uh, momentum. So I really didn't feel like I had um, much to really uh, show for in my life. <clears throat> and, um, and, and so at that time, you know, I'm over here you know, Robin, it was distracting from that time by me having the conversations with business partners about business decisions while my family is having a good time. And, mm-hmm. and then my family's, you know, acknowledging, you know, um, you know, just my sister, brother-in-law and it all about for where they're at and, and the, the nice, beautiful house and everything. And I was just like, wow, it, it brought me to ask myself, um, what do you know what what really matters is that I just kind of I'm determined that everything that held my my family back coming up everything that held my dad back my mother back and they're good now but I just want to break that in my life mm. those barriers I, I want to be successful I want to be great I want something to show for so that they can know that you know it all wasn't in vain mm. you know all the sacrifice me leaving and traveling and putting on all this time and work and you know they didn't want me to go take the entrepreneur route because uh, it was Mm -hmm. so much risk involved in that Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to kind of show them that it was worth it and you know and at that time I you know was at a I wasn't at the best place financially I wasn't so it was just like what do I really have to show for that Mm -hmm. and um so I guess what matters the most is that just that affirmation from our parents that they're kind of like and they do but and the fact that they do it makes me look more to my soul 
that is that enough? You know, because mm-hmm. they express to me that they're proud of me. They give me affirmation, mm-hmm. but it, I don't feel it in myself that it's mm-hmm. ever, it's, it's enough for me to feel that I uh, that I can accept that. Mm-hmm. So, so I have the, to accept them accepting me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: from what you just said, do you accept yourself? <laughs> Man, <laughs> that is a, a very good question too. Um, I am in progress of in learning how to holistically accept myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I accept myself and I've learned to accept myself in different areas. It's been areas in my life where I've been broken in different areas. Mm-hmm. It's been areas in my life I've been broken emotionally um, and as a man, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm accepting myself that you know, in times where, you know, in the time of that failed relationship, I needed to be a man the most, but I just wasn't ready. It was in my, I was in the early transit. I was in, in the transition of my early adult into early adult. Out, uh, uh, I was in transition into early adulthood. Yeah. And, and, um, but I was thrusted mm. to, to be all type of different roles for mm. a woman who I just couldn't sufficiently provide, protect, and 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 maintain, and 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 hunt, and mm-hmm. in, in that place of my career, the way that I knew that I needed to, mm-hmm. and she resented me for that as the as how I felt, and um and completely closed off the relationship that I pursued for three years, wow. and um and um so yeah so. I had to learn from that pain and now it's clearly I'm progressing and just ex- in the acceptance of myself and uh, as a man um, mm-hmm. who is capable of being that mm-hmm. even after that time. And, um, and also just, you know, um, as a businessman, um, I'm accepting that some business ventures, you take losses, um, but I'm learning not to take those losses and carry those with mm-hmm. me into uh, my next business ventures. Yeah, no, that's good, man. And you know, we, when we when I first called you a little bit ago, we established that we are both around the same age. And this week or last week, actually, so you know, I'm I I dealt with the same thing, man. I I dealt with the same thing in relationships before. Quite a few times, and uh, <laughs> and you know we knew each other when I was going through some of those relationships, and you know I you probably met all all three of the relationships yeah, I were in. I remember. So you know, so you know, you know my past, and and um, and I found myself finally taking the step to go and to to speak to to talk to somebody to to get a therapist and and talk to somebody. Now, I say that to say that I realized. The biggest thing that I have in my life that I feel like sorry for and sad for of my past self is the fact that I went through all that and put and thrust myself into all that gave so much of myself in those situations that I feel like I lost a a big chunk of time in my life, a formative time Mm. in my life. And since we're the same age, I can imagine like you were in probably your early twenties, you know, uh, and and doing all of this stuff that you know there's people married that that are young and things like that but 
you know, I know what it's like to be in that in that situation when you are trying to control everything and not putting God in the middle of it. And that was the <laughs> biggest thing that I lacked and I realized, but I lost I feel like I lost I'm good now. I had to do a lot of repairing. Yeah. I mean, I, I say I'm good, but I mean, there's still things I got to do. Repairing in progress. I'm repairing in progress. Exactly. Nice. You know, but <laughs> like I feel and tell me if this is true for you. I feel like I lost out on some formative years. Do I regret it? No, because I learned a lot. But am I sad about it? Yes, I'm sad about it because I want like I could have been playing baseball in college somewhere else or, you know, who knows what else I would have been. I would probably, you know, got into the creative field a lot earlier on or whatever it is. I feel like I'm just catching up. I feel behind. I feel behind. So I don't know how true that is for you, but that that's that's what I feel, you know. Oh, you, you literally, if, if how I feel had a language, you literally just spoke that language right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, so um, <laughs> I can, I can relate to that so much is because the things that I invested in and put my all into the relationship, the business venture mm-hmm. was a long amount of time, like yeah. the relationship, three years, yeah. the business venture about five six years and not saying that it was um all lost but in moments i felt like it Mm -hmm. and moments i felt like wow i put my heart into this and i put my mind into this and i put my all into both of these things and through those uh through those veins and and i feel like what do i have to show for that and then as of recent literally as a very recent God has um, shown me that he, one, it took a lot of, like you said, repair Mm. um, and restoration for me. Um, And he've allowed different milestones, almost like, like um, just repair shops on a journey where he um, um, would connect me to a church, you know, while I'm traveling in this uh, restoration city church and they're big on restoration while I'm in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, um, and, 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 uh, and Baltimore, um, all nations, Baltimore and Chicago, all nations, Chicago, uh, which is now my current, you know, church organization. And, and they have been so, uh, uh, very, uh, critical on my deliverance and restoration. So Mm -hmm. God has allowed that. So, and even in the restoration, what I'm realizing is that um, is God is not only a restorer, but he's also a redeemer. Mm. So even in the time that I've lost, he redeems the time, but he, but most importantly, he redeems the moment. Wow. Yeah. So there's been instances in my life where I'm like, wow, this moment is literally the, the way that that moment I experienced in the past should have happened. Wow. And he yeah. placed people in your life that could... Um, that would pretty much um, cultivate those moments and respond to those moments the best way we're in relationships and, and in business. Um, sometimes we want the something so much and we try to force it. And God say, I'm going to give it to you. Mm. And then all the wrong things happen. And he's like, are you done now? You surrender? <laughs> <laughs> and then when you surrender, he's like, okay, now this is the right thing. Mm. And this is <laughs> how this should have happened. And it would have happened this way if you would have just waited on me and not waited on that thing. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> wow. literally, and I don't want to get into preach mode, no, <laughs> but get it, literally, get it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm learning when it comes into 
waiting on the Lord is that it's literally sometimes it can be a lordship issue because it's like, okay, am I really waiting on the Lord for this thing or am I waiting? Am, am I putting my hopes into this thing to work mm. um, without God? Mm. <laughs> or I'm putting God, my hopes for it to work with God, but it has to be this thing yeah. in particular. I, I make it subjected to the person, subjected to the opportunity, subjected to whatever the pursuit is. Wow. And then what happens is <laughs> once I get outside and say, you know what, God, um, I had it. It failed. It did not work out. I'm I'm broken. I need healing. He said, all right, I'm going to redeem those moments that wow. was lost. And I'm going to give you a uh, space for the time that was lost, even the youth and the energy mm-hmm. that was lost. So it's like, Wow. He's allowed me to be refreshed, even mm. when I feel like I wasted so much time that he doesn't waste anything. Wow. Arnold, have you been uh, baptized as an adult? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Last time I got baptized, my dad baptized me at the church me and uh, <laughs> Julian used to go to. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah, uh, that's like, cool. that's, that's the visual I'm getting when you're talking about... Uh, like being refreshed is just like coming up and out of that water. Wow. Mm. Wow. Maybe I should consider that as mm. an adult. Wow. Yeah. I didn't really. Wow. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, man. <laughs> the last time that I got baptized was, it was at the same place too, uh, where we used to go to church, but I made that decision after a long Three years of just working on myself and still, like I said, I'm still repairing in progress. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I this past year has probably been the most healing year for me. And I ended up getting baptized in September as an adult for the first time. And um, I feel like even though I haven't, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and say I've done everything I needed to do to be right. You know, but I can honestly say that I have stripped myself away uh, from a lot of the things that held me from being in one foot in and one foot out. And now I'm two feet in. And even though it's still a ride and it's still, you know, a journey, I can honestly say that I'm two feet in and I can say that with a clear conscience and mm. and continuing to build that relationship with God. And And it's not just the baptism. It's just making that decision to know, like you said, he can redeem everything that was. And I feel like, man, he, he is doing that. And everything that I prayed for, even though I put my own picture on it, he answered it in a whole different way and even better in a lot of areas. So, you know, I think it's just making that decision, man. Like, and and I'm not saying this is for you. I'm taking talking to anybody right now who's listening. It's just making that decision. Like, what are you waiting for? To what 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 does the world have to offer anymore? What does it have to offer? Mm. We've seen it let us down so many times. Uh, you know, we're almost in like the ultimate letdown of the yeah. world right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is it else? What else is it gonna take? To just be two feet in. And it, you still got to work on trusting. You still got to work and have faith. And that's the hardest thing to do. But it's the mo- It's the one thing that pays off the most. Mm. It's that, you know, I'm going to be intentional for myself, for my relationship with God, but also to let the world know that I'm going to come out of this mm. a new person. 
And that's the metaphor of the baptism that that person that I used to be is just going to go down and I'm going to come out of this, you know, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring me out of this Mm -hmm. a much better person. That's good, Mm. man. That's good. But that's, and you know, that's what you, that's what you're talking about with redemption and especially that moment to moment redemption. It's, you know, after, after you get baptized, it's not this like, you know, you're you're automatically like more holy you know and it's like it it is it's still a moment to moment redeeming of from god Mm -hmm. and it's allowing him to work in that and i wanted to ask you too you talked about restoration and what is that word what does that mean to you Mm. restoration that is, wow. Okay, I guess at this point I'm just going to assume that every question is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so restoration for me, I had to literally uh, redefine my idea of restoration in my most broken moment. At that mm-hmm. time when I moved um, from Chicago and I was in that toxic house, toxic relationship, mm-hmm. toxic area, environment, um, and I was broken and I was at a very dark place, even to the point where I have lost my purpose and my only prayer, my sense of purpose. And my only prayer was to ask God to remind me on how to hope. I forgot how to hope because mm. I, I felt like I was spiritually blinded, like in that, 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 uh, verse. And, um, and, and what, um, and he literally just called people to come, random people to come and say, hey, you have a dream, you have an idea, go for it, do for, mm-hmm. do it. And I don't even know that they don't know nothing about me. So, but when, when I moved to Boston and I um, joined that Restoration City Church, what they did was they told me um, in that season, as I was a member there, they told me that I, um, <clears throat> that what, how God restores, he doesn't, intend on restoring you just as how you were before you got broken, before the world just contaminated you and you got hurt. Mm -hmm. No, he intends on restoring you to his intention and um, of who you are called to be. Mm -hmm. So, so if I have that heartbreak, it's like, it's not just for me to be how I was before the heartbreak. Or if I have the business failure, it's not just who I was before I went out in that opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. He's restoring me to to the best version of myself um after i've taken all the l's as learning Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. wow so with that arnold what what uh is your true north man what are you holding on to what are the promises that you hold on to these days Uh, it's funny you said that in that way. Um, my dad told me at a young age in the in a time where we were (laughs) oh man (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to almost cry right now. Cry, you be the first know. one so far. Hope. Let's do it. <laughs> My dad told me at a time I didn't realize the how significant the timing was, but it was at a time where our family lost everything. We were living at our grandmother's house, mm-hmm. and they my were in the my grandmother basement, and um. And I didn't realize that I was young. I was just like, oh, we ain't around my house, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and he told me, he was just like, I have a, I'm going to start giving you all words, you know, every week. Um, one of them was principle. What, what is the principle thing is. And when he told me hope, he said hope is holding on promises expected. Wow. And it was so significant that he told me uh, hope in that time because he was holding on to promises expected and was now 
they're obviously out of my grandmother's house, uh, God rest her soul. And then they're, they are now together in a stable house, um, yeah. beautiful home. But um, it was that hope that he hold, held on to in that time. And that's for me with, with, with the promises that I hold on to is <clears throat> God has, um, even if from the fair relationship, God, I always have prophecies that God revealed to multiple different prophecies that he had a wife for me. And I believe I'm getting closer and closer mm-hmm. towards that. Um, it, um, and times where I had um, even those business experiences, it's been promises to me through multiple different prophets mm-hmm. that I would not only own multiple businesses, but I would have, have an apostolic mantle in wow. business that I would rever, I would pioneer and revolutionize the on a very uh, uh, fundamental level on how mm-hmm. business operate. Wow. That it would impact the communities, and I will um, be a philanthropist in business. Mm-hmm. And um, so I hold on to that, even at my lowest place. And I say, though, I'm not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I and, and I hold on to that, and, and, that, and that's what presses me through is, is the prophecies. Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for for sharing that. And then the final question that we have for you, Catherine, what's the final question? What kind of words of affirmation or encouragement would you give to someone who relates to just a little bit or all of your story? Hmm. Another good Words question. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to say it, but man, you all are on the roll. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> words of if I if there is someone out there that is listening right now, I want to talk to the person who who believe that they have a big dream and a big future and. Um, sometimes it can, it almost feel like it's unattainable. Mm. Uh, sometimes it feels like that you, you, you want to do it. Um, but you don't know a starting ground. You don't mm. feel like that. Okay. Well, how can I be this? And how can I accomplish this? This is kind of far fetched when I'm here, wow. where's the resources? Where is the, the team that's going to build this or who it's going to be my life. It's a lot of questions, the unanswered questions and they're in a waiting season. I want to tell that person that you have to one, write the vision down plain mm-hmm. um, and evidently intentionally maintain your focus and maintain your fire. And that fire and that focus comes from your worship um and and worship is not is it's in addition to um that you're a long time with god and you know your surrenderance and that emotional surrenderance to god in those times where worship is literally you're intentional on everything you do so the little decisions that you make god i'm going to wash the dishes in in a way that i'm washing the dishes for you Mm. i mean you'll be surprised on the lessons that god would teach you in the tiny things Mm -hmm. um worship is literally dedicating all of you your Mm. body your mind your heart and your soul with the one intention as it is an expression of god because what you're doing is you're trading beauty for ashes those things that you don't feel like is is um enough in your life you're giving that to god and those are the ashes 
And even those things that you feel like is a lot for you to release because you've been clinging on to that for so long in your life and relying on it. And God has allowed it to not work for you right now. Mm. And he's doing that on purpose because he wants you to release that and he wants you to put your trust in him. Mm. Um, and, and as you release that, he will give you beauty for ashes. Mm. He will show that this thing that you've been holding on to or these things that you feel like that, you know, is not enough. You give that to me and I'll give you more than enough. Mm. And I know that that can sound like, wow, wow, you know, how is this going to happen? But this is coming from a person where I didn't have anything to, to myself. And God has allowed blessings to come through miracles, people to sow into me in times where I have to step out on faith. I have to move with only $50 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, to a whole nother state. Yeah. And God has allowed resources to come. He's allowed prophets to tell me you will never run out of resources. And that's why I will um, build a resource center for to help communities. So I want mm-hmm. to tell that person that, that that has that big vision, that has that dream to, to, to believe not only that God will provide, but worship him and who he is so that you will find yourself. And those things that has happened to you in your past that has put those negative affirmations on you, such as what happened to me in in school that I wasn't smart enough. Mm. Those are the things that the enemy is after because he is intimidated. Fear is a, a, a reminder that the enemy is afraid of what God has for you and your calling on your life. Yeah. So he's revealing to you that he's afraid and uh, that you are a threat to wow. his uh, the kingdom of darkness. So I want to, you to be intentional on those things that you are afraid of wh- about your own self and say, because I, I'm um, feeling like so much in my life has shown me that I'm not, I'm going to give that to God that through him, he can show me that I am. And that's the affirmation I want for those Mm. who are listening. That is so good. (laughs) Man. (laughs) I got to give that a round of applause, bro. I was in the honor of spoken word. I was giving you snaps. (laughs) (laughs) I got a snap. That's so good, man. That is so good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Man, thank you for sharing that, bro. Like, you you just brought some fire right there. And you brought some truth, man. And that's something that nobody can take away from you. We're gonna get there.